Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Hello, Marketeers. Today I have on Jen Newman to talk about business development planning and accountability, especially during times of market fluctuations and why it's still important to plan. Enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me. Today I have on Jen Newman. She's a principal at Elevate Marketing Advisors. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So my favorite question to start off with, how did you get started in the industry? What's your story? All right. I love this question. So (laughs) I got into this industry the way most of us did, by accident. (laughs) So actually, I started as a temp for an industrial contractor eons ago and ended up working, answering the phones. And then there was an opening in contract administration. I said, I'd like to help. And then accounts payable. And then somebody needed help in marketing. And I started doing it and found out, oh my gosh, I really like this. And then my next position, I went to actually a playground company who installed like park playgrounds, large scale playgrounds as a project manager. And then someone needed marketing. (laughs) So I just kind of found my way into it and fell in love with it. And, you know, the same way I fell into BD, I did marketing for years and then went to a firm where I said, who's going out and talking to clients? And it was deer in headlights. And so that's how I ended up in BD and found that I absolutely loved it and was pretty good at it. Those are two very good things to have, (laughs) liking it and being good at it. So earlier this year, you merged with Doug Parker to form Elevate Marketing Advisors And it just happened to be about three months before the pandemic. How has that changed your business related to the needs of your clients? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny, my partner, Doug, and I all the time were like, COVID hit. We were like, what have we done? (laughs) (laughs) And now we're like, what have we done in the most positive way? You know, honestly, it's been such a joy because in the midst of struggle, we've really been able to help clients navigate. And that is the greatest joy that we have. So we go into firms and help them with their marketing and BD strategy, visioning. I mean, really it's kind of soup to nuts. Mm -hmm. And we've really been able to affect change in firms to have them have that marketing mindset and the BD mindset, Right. uh, the planning, the future casting and thinking And to be able to go in and really help them navigate what's happening right now, that's kind of what ended up driving the way we do business. And it's actually kind of driven what our niche has become, um, which my partner and I serve as chief marketing officer and chief business development officer fractionally for numerous firms where we have email addresses for those companies. And we're really integrated and helping them grow. And, you know, it's a consultant one, sometimes you're kind of in and out and you don't get to see that change. So 
this is just a dream come true. We really get to go in, help those firms navigate these challenges, watch them succeed, be a part of that. And it creates these really great relationships with the C-suite where we then get to advocate for marketing and business development. And that's pretty cool. That is such an interesting business model. How cool is that, that you can be a consultant and also have your fingers in so many different companies in a significant way? Yeah, it really is a dream come true. Awesome. Well, this is a perfect segue into my next question, which is what I brought you on here for, and that's to talk about strategic planning and accountability for business development. So I think the main question is, why do you feel it's still important to plan in the time of crisis or whatever we're in? Because this isn't the only time it's going to happen. Like maybe we won't have another pandemic, but there's always recessions. There's always something. So why is it so important to plan when there are so many unknowns? That is such a great question. And honestly, Keelan, this is what comes up all the time. And this is the conversation, you know, we have with a lot of firms is that here's the thing. We always have to plan. We always have to set the roadmap. So if I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive to Alaska, mm-hmm. I need to have directions, right? I need to have a roadmap. However, on my drive, I may hit a blizzard. Mm-hmm. I still have to get to my destination, but I'm going to take a detour. I may hit some potholes that may slow me down. I may find a faster route that may speed me up, but I'm always going towards that direction. And so we still have to have a plan, even through uncertainty, because without that basic guide, right? And without the destination being set, our chances are way less likely that we'll achieve it or even get close. And so many times we tell business developers, whether it's technical doer sellers, people that have to do, oh, and by the way, you need to go bring in business, Mm -hmm. or if it's strictly, you know, straight business developers, so often we say, okay, go bring in work, or this is your revenue target. But we don't say how. We don't sit there and look at who do we want to do this with? Who is our ideal client? We don't want to work with jerks. Hey, we'd like to work with people that pay us, right? Right. We want to work with people that value us. And so part of all that planning is setting the destination, setting that what we have to reach those goals, and then determining how we are going to get there. And the beautiful thing is when we do this with business development planning, we're also capturing information that allows us to create a marketing plan that is effective and efficient. Okay. Now, it's okay that we know things are going to happen because guess what? Whether it's COVID, whether it's market fluctuation, something's going to happen. Like you said, Keelan, I mean, nothing stays the same. Right. It's the one thing we can count on, <laughs> right? Things are going to change. So we can create a plan, but know that in that plan, we're going to have to take those detours. So then what does that look like? How do you plan differently during a market fluctuation? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at scenarios, right? You use the approach of kind of scenario planning. Okay. The if this, then this, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you look at even when you're getting to your marketing plans, you look at the lean marketing approaches or the agile marketing plans that allow us to have more of these iterative approaches to how we look at even our tactics. And really that's in looking at it often. The biggest problem people have is they set this amazing plan and then they throw it on the shelf. Right. And nothing happens. And so we're still planning in a similar way. We're just making sure that we're thinking of all the various scenarios. We're also looking at the markets and planning for, okay, so if this market continues this way, we need to ramp up in this market. And so in that BD planning, we can plan for that. So you briefly mentioned this agile marketing. Could you define that real quick for those of our listeners who don't know what that is? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the agile marketing approach is something that's been used in the tech industry for years. Right. And it was because the tech industry was so reliant on funding that sometimes they, you know, they had to test things and then see if it would work and then come back. All the lean marketing approach is about is really following a model of plan, launch, test, adapt, learn, repeat. Okay. So you're taking strategies. It's really hard for perfectionists. Caitlin, (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard for, because you have to be okay with failing. You know, one of the things I love to say is fail well, because if we fail well, we learn, right. And we get better. Right. With the lean marketing approach, if you use that approach, then you are just taking a look at it more often to say, where are we at? Are we on our way to hit our KPIs? Mm -hmm. And if we're not, maybe we need to change our tactic, change our strategy. And so you really have to be okay with not getting everything done and then looking at it, looking at it along the way. And that's similar to the approach for business development as well. Okay. So let's circle back. How do you keep people from putting the plan that you put in place on a shelf? Okay. So this is the biggest challenge that firms often have that do BD planning that even engage in it. And, you know, again, the first step of course is doing it all together because so many firms don't do it. Right. So we have the plan. We have to put an accountability process in place. That is the key to making sure that the plan happens. And so that accountability process can look you know, different based on a firm, but I can share an example of some accountability processes we've put in place in firms. Okay. And the great thing is, is when we go in and do BD planning, we work with a firm to either do one of two things. We either work with their people to Mm -hmm. help them put an accountability program in place. We'll provide tools and templates and walk them through it if they have the in-house capability. But sometimes firms don't. And in those cases, we actually come in and and are their accountability program. Okay. So the things that we recommend are one, monthly BD rallies. I call them rallies because the second you say meeting, everybody rolls their eyes, right? (laughs) Oh, another meeting. And we want to get excited. This is rallying the team around our goals, right? 
Like so that. this BD rally has everybody there. It has every market sector there. It's big, high level overview. Here's what's happening. Here's where we're at in the plan. And no round robin. It doesn't work. It's just an excuse for everybody to talk. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right, Keelan? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we talk about those things in the plan. Where are we at on those measurable goals? Where are we at on those KPIs? Where are we at on those priority one clients that we've identified? Also that it's accountability. Are we doing what we said we would do? So that's one. The second thing is market sector updates. Okay. Now notice I didn't use the word meeting again. All right, <laughs> so market sector updates are when each market sector comes together as a group and goes a little deeper into their plan. What's happening, what's changed, what's new, they're watching market fluctuations, information up on what's happening in the industry. And they talk about how they need to shift or pivot that plan or keep moving forward. The next step is client capture plan monthly standups. Okay. So these are 15 minutes and we discuss three things. One, what's the new intel on that priority client? Two, did you do what you said you would do? So if we set an action item, did we follow through? And number three is what's next? What action item are we going to do next? Making sure that we are front of mind of those priority clients. So these are three things that we set up. And within those, obviously, there's tools and templates, there's reporting. You know, we report on what's the revenue goal to date? What is our pipeline? We look at our chase goal, which our chase goals typically are revenue goal multiplied by our hit rate. And some firms that they don't track their hit rate will use the industry standard so that they know if their revenue goal is a million and they've got an average hit rate, they've got to be chasing three million. So we need okay. to make sure three millions in the pipeline. So we're reviewing that information often and much like agile or lean marketing, where you're meeting often to see where you need to shift or pivot based on how things are successful or not, we do that very similarly in the BD planning and implementation. Okay, that makes sense. Do you have any standout examples of, I guess, this agile marketing, but also your strategy? Have you hit any roadblocks and how did you overcome those? Oh, sure. There's always roadblocks. I mean, sometimes we hit roadblocks with revenue goals. And, you know, one of the things that we encourage firms is that we need to set that revenue goal from leadership first so that they have something to aim for. And then if it needs to shift, then that market sector group can then meet with leadership and say, hey, we really feel like this is more on track. Sometimes what we'll find is uh, the teams that have to go execute might be nervous about, oh, I don't want to underperform, right? So right. they'll instead kind of undershoot their goals so that they overperform. So this is sometimes, you know, something we go through. You know, a lot of firms will do discovery sessions or we do their visioning with them ahead of time to really understand what those goals are. It's really important to look at that and figure out based on those goals, how does that divvy up? 
and looking at what does that mean for those market sectors based on scenarios? Does this mean we need an acquisition? Does this mean in order to hit this revenue goal, do we need to add a service line? What are those big picture things we need to do? And those are typically discussed prior to the BD planning, really at that big picture leadership level. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. if a firm's doing strategic planning, they're discussing it then. But I'd say those are some of the roadblocks. The other thing that is really beneficial about this BD planning is it sets the groundwork for the marketing plan. So the marketing team can come in and in those BD plans that we do, we do client personas and perception analysis and SWOT and all of this great information that marketing comes and takes and can create a marketing plan. One of our clients said this yesterday, we had a BD plan presentation with the team and the marketer said, the BD plan is my love language. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so true. She said, it is a marketer's love language because it gives them everything they need to be successful, to create a successful plan that then affects what they need to affect in order for the company to achieve their goals. That has to be so helpful too. I mean, I think any marketer's love language is a good plan. So (laughs) I'm not surprised, but even just having a framework to be able to build your marketing plan off of that, you know, the company is aligned with. Absolutely. Imagine how helpful that is. Yeah. Well, and one of the things when we do BD planning is we, we require marketing be in the room and that. that they are listening, they are understanding. It gives them such great knowledge. When they go to create the marketing plan, they have that knowledge going into that. And so we really have the opportunity a lot of times because often we're working with the CEOs or the C-suite level. And one of our greatest joys is be able to say, marketing has to be in the room. You have to have these people in the room understanding what your strategy is and being a part of that strategy. Right. Yeah. That is such a huge deal because I feel like marketing and BD get siloed and don't really interact with one another to the degree that they should. But you do, as a marketer, need to know what BD is doing because it helps you target your win themes. It helps you target your entire proposal on the knowledge that these BD professionals have pulled in. Absolutely. They go hand in hand. And I don't know why it doesn't happen more often that you have the two joined together. Yeah. I mean, think about all the marketing strategies that we employ content, right? Well, if we're going to develop a great content program, don't we need to know the pain points and the fears of those clients that can all be determined through client personas and You know, I know some marketing teams do those outside of BD. We like to incorporate it in BD because we gather that information from those people that are working with the technical clients. And so being able to employ those strategies, you're just gaining all this valuable information and insight that let's be honest, most technical people just don't, it's nothing malicious. It's nothing slighting anybody, they just don't think to go tell marketing that intel, right? They're, they're all they're concerned with is, you know, getting the job done and doing their day job, right? Which we have to have some empathy for. 
So well, sometimes, yeah, they don't even know it's Intel. Absolutely. So we have to help them. And these are ways that we can help them is also by when we pull that information out. Oh my goodness, that's gold. Thank you. Oh, this is great information. Please continue to tell me that. Oh, marketing would want to know that. Right. right. And then there's that aha moment. And then you win them over. And now you're getting more intel than you can even handle, which is amazing, right? To create great tactics and strategy. Yeah. So on a completely unrelated note, when you started Elevate Marketing Advisors, you had mentioned that you had this dream of cohorts and it's such an amazing concept. I'm personally part of one of the cohorts and I'm curious what was the vision behind the cohorts and why did you launch them when you did? So thanks for asking. The cohort has been a dream of mine for years. I will tell you that when Doug and I started Elevate, a couple of the dreams that both of us had, you know, one, we're really being able to work with clients to really help them and help their businesses grow. The second was to be able to work with other consultants And we get to work with amazing people like Joy Gwynn and Carla Thompson and Dina Wyatt. And I mean, the list goes on of just amazing consultants we get to partner with who happen to help us with our cohorts. And so when COVID hit, Doug and I got together with our team. We have another team member, Cindy, who's going to be one of our new partners. And the three of us got together and said, how can we help the industry? We're in turmoil right now. Nobody knows what to do. And we're all just trying to figure this out. What can we do to help? And we launched several initiatives, but the cohort was something we had talked about and we're probably gonna do maybe in a year, (laughs) but people needed each other. And so it just seemed like the perfect time to provide this resource. And we have, I believe 150 people in our cohorts right now. We have a C-suite cohort where we have many CEOs and presidents and principals and CMOs and COOs and CFOs and all the Cs, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have our marketing and BD cohort, which has marketers and business developers of all levels that meet together once a month. Some of them meet twice a month, depending on the group. And they're gaining so much insight. And we're really excited. In 2021, we're going to launch a new group that is going to be for future leaders. And so that might be somebody that's not quite in the C-suite yet, whether they're technical, maybe a doer seller, or maybe a marketing director that's not quite in the C-suite, but that kind of next generation of leaders. So we're really excited about that. But It's all about bringing people together and providing resources and knowing that we're not in it alone. It is so invaluable. I love my cohort. (laughs) So if other people would like to join the cohort, how are they able to get involved? So if somebody wants to be involved in the cohort, they can go to elevatemarketingadvisors.com and join there. It is a $20 a month fee. And we really do that so that people take it seriously and that they participate because those people get on that call and really look for that feedback. And if you do participate, I mean, Keeling, you're part of it. You can say what you get out of it. We have so many people that when 
most of the people join and we always know there's going to be times where people can't join, right? But they really gain the benefit of the other perspectives in the room. Yeah. I mean, especially during COVID we've had so many great conversations about what our firms are doing. We have had conversations about how to handle end of year reviews these sorts of things that you can ask your friends in the industry about, but it's like you have a group of really successful people that you get to ask everyone all at once and sort of compare notes. It's really, it's really neat. That's right. And the other great benefit is we have a Slack channel for that. Right. And so then you can reach out outside your group. We have a lot of people that say, Hey, I need this resource or Hey, has anybody had this? issue before. And so it becomes a really valuable resource. And then we host events that are cohort only events. We did a recent one on scenario planning and another one on forecasting. We're actually planning a fun one coming up where we're going to bring in a mixologist to do a fun networking event. And then in 2021, we'll have some more topic related presentations kind of based on what's going on. And we recently launched a survey that we've got a trends report out on now. And so we're analyzing that to see what are some of the top trends and issues that we can bring some experts in to talk about that as well. That is also an extremely helpful document. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Keelan. Appreciate it. All right, Marketeers, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I've included all the links that Jen mentioned in the show notes. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.